Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate the voices across William & Mary's campus. I'm Lindsay Heck. And I'm Jenny Helmendaller. And today we're joined by Dr. Haunani Chong-Jurake. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Can you tell us a little bit about the path that, that brought you here and led you into the practice of acupuncture? Oh, wow. Those are two very different questions, but I'll try to make it succinct. First, I'll start with William & Mary, my husband's is a U.S. Marine. He's an officer and he was stationed in Williamsburg. And so as with every move, we've moved nine times in the last 12 years. You can imagine that's not the easiest in terms of career development on my side, especially since my skills tend to be clinical. In that process, I think of spring of 2023, when we knew we were moving here, I just happened to look at William and Mary's website and just went to jobs and saw that the Integrative Wellness Center was expanding. And that's how I got to William and Mary. The longer story of how um, I got into the field of acupuncture and Chinese medicine is it found me at a time when I was doing some really, really deep questioning of what am I supposed to be doing? My whole life, I was going to be a medical doctor. I had made all the decisions academically to go to an undergraduate program that would level me up to the right medical school that I wanted to go to. And during my junior year studying abroad, I had this epiphany that that is not actually the path I want to go. And if you're not going to do that, what are you going to do? And so I spent several years... I'm going to say wandering, just trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I got to this really, I call it a dark place in my life where it just felt very uh, lonely. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm seeing all my friends from undergraduate school succeed and get, you know, move up and start living what they define as their American dream. And so it was this really soul searching question. And Around that same time for the, the past year or two, I had begun to get more involved in yoga, both the yoga practices, but more importantly, the philosophy. And that started to make me think of the world differently and ask different questions and also led me to questioning, well, what is it that I'm doing in my life? What do I want to be doing? I still had this like internal, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like this internal feeling that it had to do with healing and medicine. But again, what does that even mean? And eventually I got to this place where I said, I've got to figure this out and I'm going to sit here and meditate until something becomes clear. And what felt I'm sure like 20 minutes and was two minutes just because I'm a really awful meditator. <laughs> um, the term Chinese medicine came to me and it was actually an accredited path of medicine in the United States. You could go to an accredited college. There were several colleges. And so by the end of the night, I had applied to three of the colleges and so I say I never look back, but I did look back. You know, I tried to I tried to move away from this path for about a year and a half. And I, I just kept coming back. Everything in my life kept bringing me back, kept bringing me back. So for folks who have not been exposed to acupuncture at all, can you describe to us what is it exactly? Yeah, the, the million dollar question, right? It, the definition is actually quite easy. The mechanisms of action, the how does it work, is still being figured out from a, a modern science perspective. Acupuncture is one of the techniques under that East Asian medicine umbrella. And acupuncture is the use of sterile one-time use needles to stimulate points on the body to help restore physiological function. So the way our bodies want to move towards to create homeostasis. By doing this, we can also help to reduce a, a cascade of dysfunction in the body that leads to pain, disease, illness, or imbalance. 
So in short, we're using these really teeny, teeny, tiny needles, as you saw, they're so, so small in different places of the body. And we can use pretty much any place in the body to stimulate change or create change. We can use just the ear. And that's what we use in acupuncture lounge or the community acupuncture model here at William & Mary. The understanding of the body from a Chinese medicine perspective is... Same, same, but different. And I I just use that term all the time because we see the body as you would study it in your biology class or an anatomy class. And then there's the Chinese medicine perspective that goes, and there's also these ways to see the body and it goes into different layers of understanding. You said that you could place a needle anywhere on the body to receive a benefit, but what about these specific points? Um, I had the pleasure of stepping into your acupuncture lounge a couple of weeks ago, and you have the diagram where it shows where exactly you're placing them. What is that connection to the points where you're placing those needles and the benefit that you're working to facilitate? Yeah, this is a really good question. I I think the way you ask that, you're getting to the mechanisms of action, like how can I use the ear to get change in different parts of the body? And this is where when we begin to look at the mechanisms of action, acupuncture right now in the last 20 years has doubled in research in comparison to any other form of medicinal practice and especially in biomedicine. It's having its moment of shine right now. So more money is being put into research to figure it out. Why is this happening? Why are people getting better? It's not 100% conclusive of like, oh, we have the final answer. It's this. What happens is they'll do research and they're like, oh, look, it's also doing this. You know, it's it's all the central nervous system. It's, it's balancing sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. And then they'll do another study or it's looked at by a different group. And they're, well, is it also affecting the enteric nervous system? Oh, wait, it is doing that too. And then someone else is looking at it from a hormone perspective. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's regulating hormones. So when you look at the research for acupuncture, it looks skewed because it's the mechanisms of action are across the board, everything from hormones, the central nervous system, to inflammatory markers, to what was the latest one? Oh, um, the one right now, they were able to discover that acupuncture also releases our natural feel-good chemicals in our body. Acupuncture also helps to release that internal feel-good. So it, it's very vast in terms of how it works and the mechanism of action. So I just recommend, especially if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I'm a science person or I want to figure this out, just you know, jump on your PubMed or your favorite research and just start diving into the literature because you'll find a lot. So here on the college campus, uh, William and Mary, I mean, we have a wide spectrum of uh, dis-ease, especially in this population, depression, anxiety, isolation being some of them. In your perspective, what are some of the conditions or, or health issues that acupuncture can most effectively address? Uh, This is a really great question. And so as you speak to just mental health or behavioral health conditions, issues, as we see that finally people are feeling more comfortable talking about mental health, we're going to see medicine responding to it. And now mental health has always been there in our healthcare system. I think more it's, you know, do people feel comfortable talking about it? It's usually been behind doors where that happens or culturally it's not really accepted or even acknowledged. So as people are feeling more comfortable receiving help and getting help, they'll realize, wow, you know, it's not just talk therapy that's available. I think that's great. Um, I wish when we were all born, we were all given a therapist right at birth, but that's just my, (laughs) my personal thing. So when we have someone come to us with mental health, 
part of my place as a provider is to hold space for them to, when I'm holding space, I'm asking them questions in the intake and I'm asking about all different parts of their life from basic things like sleep and digestion and what they eat to how's their energy? What's your temperature generally like? How, how much do you sweat? From all different parts of their life where in another type of practice, maybe they're focusing just on the anxiety or just the depression. What are What does that look like for you? I'm asking about that, but also trying to get a big picture of what's going on in the entire ecology of that person. And so as that person is answering their own questions about their experiences and what's showing up for them, oftentimes they're kind of having these aha moments of things that maybe they hadn't connected that is contributing to the mental health that they're experiencing. It could be, oh, right, you know, someone said this a few weeks ago. They're like, oh, maybe this is way simpler than I thought. Maybe I just need to prioritize my sleep. And I go, maybe, you know, I don't know. But simply in this really in-depth intake that we take with each person, I think a lot of people get a better sense hearing themselves of, wow, my mental health is not just this one thing I'm feeling or sensing in my body or my mind or in my life, that it is part of a whole. And so then when I begin working with this person or these people is I'm constantly trying to remind them of this wholeness perspective. It took everything in you that was whole to bring you out of homeostasis. It's still in there. It didn't go anywhere. It's just in a new pattern. We are just going to try to harness that into a pattern that is maybe less anxious or less depressed or less fearful. Lindsay, I just realized I didn't answer your question about what acupuncture can treat. I don't hinge all on research, right? Because a lot of it, again, is experiential. But if you look at the evidence, and I'm going to refer to like the Department of Health, the DOH, what the VA, what the Veterans Administration is using in terms of kind of their evidence map for acupuncture, the things that they say, yes, let's use it for these conditions, it's a lot of pain, just pain, 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 pain. If you look at the evidence map just for pain, so for high confidence, it's chronic pain, headaches, dysmenorrhea, which is painful menstruation, migraines, cancer pain, labor pain, rheumatoid arthritis, shoulder pain. So pain is kind of where acupuncture is getting its fame in the United States right now and around the globe because pain is relatively hard to treat unless it's like an obvious thing like a broken bone or something impaling your skin it's a little challenging on the allopathic side to necessarily treat and so do you have a personal goal when you do acupuncture for the clients and like does that differ from goals that they may bring in themselves and especially for like people who may be a little more apprehensive about doing acupuncture? Like what is kind of your overall goal? This might sound bizarre. My personal goal is to be as present as possible. If I try to go into that space thinking I know better than that person, I remove that subject matter expert experience of that person. Only they know, you know, like you are the subject matter expert of your body. So for me to stay as present as possible, I allow myself to actually hear what you're saying, like truly hear what you're saying. Part of me being in a room with someone, it's not just the things I'm asking and what they're repeating back to me, like the idea of their presence, like, is there a sparkle in their eye? Do they look sad? You know, does their skin look like it's receiving moisture or is it really dry? There's all these other observational things that are going on my side to put this whole picture into place. And so if I'm not present, I miss a lot. And if I miss a lot, my pattern diagnosis is not going to be as on point 
which means my treatment, hopefully they still feel good, but it won't be as exacting for that particular person on that particular day as if I were just really, really present. If you're curious, just come to the acupuncture lounge, right? Come get the ear needles. We've tried to remove as many barriers as possible. It's really low commitment in terms of time. You just show up. If you don't like it, that's fine. It's not for everyone, right? The same way pharmaceuticals is not for everyone or chiropractic is not for everyone. You know, we're all so individual. In so many ways, we're so alike, and that expression shows up so individually, right? So we don't know if it's it's going to be something that works with us, that it feels good to us, unless we try it. And that's why you just have to, you know, like, you rip off the band and you just go. You have to try it. And if you don't, that's fine, right? Like, I don't take it personally. I want you to find what works for you. And so for those who want to pop into the acupuncture lounge or outside of the lounge, how can we get in contact with you? Yeah, so you can learn more about either acupuncture lounge, which is that community setting, or the private appointments that I have here um, on website. And if you just go to the main website and William and Marion in the search bar, type in acupuncture, the first thing that pops up will give you a lot of information and FAQs. So if you're just curious to learn more, there's FAQs that we've put there. But then if you want to schedule, you go to the wellness.wm.edu and look under therapeutic services and you'll see acupuncture. Under acupuncture, you have two options, one for community or the acupuncture lounge, and then the other one for private. The difference is cost and the intake. When you're getting a private treatment, I'm going through the full intake, kind of what I was describing earlier, where I'm asking a lot of questions, not just about what you're coming in for, but globally. And so from there, we're, we're spending more one-on-one time together. I do want to note if we have a student veteran that's listening right now, I invite you to reach out to us. You can email us at wellness.wm.edu. We have some resources available to make the service easily accessible to our student veteran community. So please reach out if that's something that's of interest to you. And Hanani, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much. It's really fun. Thank you also to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Lindsay Heck, Calder Sprinkle, Lily Tannenbaum, Cheryl Dow, Jazzy Lawrence, and myself, Ginny Helmendaller. <laughs>